Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. On this episode, Andrea Sandifer interviews singer-songwriter Amy Lynn Halson about the power of creating with a community, especially when you aren't a full-time artist. So let's listen. Well, hello, everyone. This is Andrea Sandifer with Creatively Christian interviewing. It's really fun today. I'm a songwriter and I get to interview another songwriter today. So I'm thrilled to have Amy Lynnhausen with us today. And Amy, I'm going to just toss it right back to you. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and maybe some of your creative work highlights for us? Absolutely. So I am Canadian. I currently live in the capital of Canada in Ottawa, Ontario. Um, I have grown up throughout Ontario, spent a few years on the east coast of Canada, and then actually up until COVID hit, was living in Memphis, Tennessee for a year and a half. And um, some of my highlights um, have been touring with the Extreme Tour uh, in 2017 for three weeks, and then in 2019 for two and a half months. And so those were really um, ex- exciting and formative experiences. I also then attended Visible Music College in Memphis. Um, took a little break from being a nurse, actually, and went and worked on some songwriting and had a chance to be part of a creative community in Memphis, Tennessee. So those have been some big highlights for me. Very cool. And I can't wait to tell everybody a bit more about the Extreme Tour and maybe a bit more about your college too. But, and, and it just because I love this part of your story. So you say Eastern part of Canada, but where were you when you got to live over there? It's so cool. I lived on Prince Edward Island. Um, it's the smallest province of Canada. It is an island and it is the home of the fictitious, but though some would like to say very real Anna Green Cables, those there novels. Yeah. And I got to live there by the ocean for about four and a half years and, um, so I really went into the studio for the first time and got into recording and started things off. I love that. Yeah. And let's just dig into that part of your story. Cause I know you've had some major shifts in your, um, in your story. Um, but what triggered your move towards songwriting? Mm. So when I look back now, there were some seeds of that when I was a child. Um, I remember when I was around six years old or so I put, a verse that my father had read from the Bible after dinner, I put a verse to, to melody, just kind of skipping along to go brush my teeth. And, um, you know, at the time, like my father's one of my biggest supporters now, but back then he thought I was being irreverent. He thought that I was making fun of it. When I remember in that moment, it was just kind of, oh, this, there's a, let's put this to a melody. Um, so I didn't do that again for like 15 years. Um, when I was a child, I also wrote a song. I was a figure skater, very Canadian, grew up skating on the rink. And so I wrote a song about baby on ice. It was this figure skater story and it was a bit of a ballad. Um, but again, kind of just didn't have that, didn't have that nurture, didn't really know what that was. Um, so I didn't really start songwriting until a gap year. So for those of you maybe figuring out what to do with college, university, don't hesitate to take that year off if you don't like what you're doing. I had done one year of arts and science, linguistics, English literature and realized that even though I loved reading, I didn't love writing essays and picking apart literature. So I took a year off after one year of university. And in that year, I worked at Old Navy, early shifts, and then ended up picking up my dad's guitar. And that's when songs started to come again after, you know, a good decade or more since those little seedling moments in childhood. 
So it was really that uh, something started there when I realized, oh, I, I'm right. I don't know where these songs are coming from, but as I'm growing and learning to play guitar, those songs started to come. That's really cool. And I, I love how you talked about the nurturing aspect of our, of our gifting. And that is, that is true for a lot of our stories. We don't necessarily understand, you know, what, what this inborn creative desire is while it's developing. And sometimes we're not, we're not given an opportunity to be nurtured and brought along until much later. And I love that and be encouraged that, you know, just take some time off, take a step back and kind of discover what it is that you love to do. And, um, yeah, that's really wonderful. And yeah, I cannot wait. Um, your guitar, uh, playing is, it's magical. I loved, I was snooping around your website this morning. I'm like, Oh my word. It's so pretty. So I'm glad you picked up your dad's guitar. (laughs) So when, when was the big shift for you? I know you talked a little bit about extreme tour and university, but, and, and you're a nurse, um, as your profession is nursing. And so there had to be a big pivot as Andrew Wasenga would say a big pivot in there for you somewhere. What was that? Absolutely. Yes. So, um, so I was 19 when I started writing for the first time, really, with the guitar. Um, at, during that gap year is when I, when nursing happened. Um, I hadn't even done grade 12 biology because I never believed I would be good enough to do sciences in university. I just always had this inferiority issue and and not believing in myself from such a young age. That's something that God has really worked on in this music journey um, because He's always doing something through the gifting that is helping us grow. So that's been a big part of my story. Um, but so then nursing happened and I ended up loving it. And um, so through university, kept writing, moved out to Prince Edward Island for my first nursing job. I didn't know anyone there, but they were hiring new grads. And I thought, let's go. I love the ocean. And so when you're done university and you suddenly your free time is your free time. When you don't have homework to do for the first time since childhood, I was like, wow, I've got money and time. And so I looked up local studios and started recording. Um, before that, I had just used GarageBand on my computer just to get some things laid down. So with those tracks that I did in the studio, they were simple, acoustic, live recordings. I didn't know how to work with a metronome. It was just what I had in the moment. But I put them on SoundCloud for my friends and family to listen to. So they had about maybe you know 20 listens, 30 listens at the most. But one night in the fall of 2015, I got an email at like 11 o'clock at night. And it was something from the Extreme Tour, who I'd never heard of in my life. But they asked, hey, we we like what you're doing. We think we might have something in common when it comes to what you're singing about, your love for the Lord. Um, Would you ever want to come to Nashville and be part of a a creative weekend? And then I ended up actually... um, being awarded a slot doing a showcase when I'd never even performed more than, you know, a pub night open mic while people are watching Toronto Maple Leafs play the Montreal Canadiens, you know, like I'd never had a captive audience before. Um, so when I got that email, Andrea, I think I told you this in our little prep meeting, but like I bawled my eyes out. There was something that like, there'd been this whisper all along, despite the insecurity despite the doubts despite not knowing what it was I was even doing but that I just kept writing um but there was that little whisper I believe was the Holy Spirit saying there's something there's a reason you're doing this there's something there's there's something going on here and so that email was that first real confirmation of okay 
there's something here that I have to share, something I have to give. And I remember thinking, God, you love me this much. You mm. love me this much that you have something like this for me. It was just so out of the blue and really my life took some major turns um, since that moment. That's such a cool part of your story. I, and God can use things like SoundCloud yes. and uh, email. And, you know, I know we talked about that before um, we hopped on just like, it's amazing the stories that he writes and the things that he uses to draw us into what we're doing. And yeah, I love that part of your story. So awesome. And then I, I was really drawn in your songs. I, I feel like what you write is really beautifully poetic and, and it almost, um, I could see how your music almost spans beyond the Christian genre. It would really draw people in almost just out of curiosity. Your style is very welcoming. And where do you um, draw your inspiration from when you're crafting your lyrics and your melodies? And actually that, that, that means a lot to hear that, that has kind of been a big, big part of my writing. Um, I listen to things, I listen to things like, um, like jars of clay was, I remember getting those CDs for Christmas when I was in my early teens and like having that on repeat, repeat, you know, if I left the zoo, one of their albums, I remember sitting in these new Christmas pajamas in my room with a little lava lamp. And just, I can still remember because there was something in the way that they wrote um, that left no question to the fact that they, that they had faith, but they were real conversations. They sounded like real conversations with God. They sounded like real prayers that they they didn't just talk about all the good in the heaven and that it, life is wonderful when you're a Christian. No, it was about life is hard. There's pain. There are questions. And they wrote it in a way where, you know, they, they did make it into to some mainstream. And I think that as Christians, you know, there's a role for the worship for the church, songs for the church. Absolutely. But I also feel like we have to also be just, just real about life, that being a Christian, life is still hard. It just means that I'm talking to God about it as I'm going through it. And, and I, I like what you said about the curiosity, because my, my dad has shared some of my songs with his coworkers before he retired. And, you know, one of them, it's about the light. There's something to the light. And, and it doesn't talk, it doesn't even say the name of Jesus, doesn't say the name of God. But one of his coworkers stopped and was like, hmm, what's she really singing about? So, so there, that, and I think some of that came from for myself as well, early on in my faith. I think I hadn't really gotten the courage to be upfront about my faith yet in my songs. But I think God used that in a way where my writing um, does have that welcoming. And as my faith has grown, now so my testimony can come out more clearly, but I also have the flexibility to play for a secular audience and um, and hopefully create that welcoming space for just reflection and and see what God wants to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I remember that song, "The Light." I just listened to it this morning, and I was yeah. I was struck by how you know I that's one of my biggest. Uh, a repetition in my own creative work right now is the difference between the light and the darkness. And in mm. just listening to your lyric, I'm like, wow, this could really, cause I'm much more upfront <laughs> in my writing about uh, what I believe the light is. And, and that's great. Like you said, there's, there's room for all of that, but I was just so struck by how, um, yeah, just beautiful, subtle hints um, into uh, your faith. And it, I just, yeah, I, I think it's got a really powerful platform potential. Um, so 
There's alliteration for you. Powerful platform <laughs> potential. I love that. All I right. Well, it. let's shift a little bit. We kind of spent some time um, inspiring everyone. Now let's inform everyone. Um, mm. So, and I mentioned a little earlier, your guitar playing, but uh, what, what would you say is your style um, of songwriting? What's, what style of music kind of flows out of you naturally? Um, so for me, it's definitely soft, heartfelt, folksy music. Um, you know, I've done a little bit of working with some others and I'm working on some, a new song, I suppose an old song, but bringing it to life and it's fun to add other instrumentation to it. And, um, but there's just something about sitting with my guitar and the finger picking style comes out more naturally. Strumming is something I still struggle with. Usually people say it's the other way around that it's hard to sing and pick, but for me, there's something with the finger picking and that softness, um, that just that naturally flows out and it's and I've seen a lot lot from the places of of pain um and I've had to come to terms with that sometimes you know I hear sing some happy songs you should you know and I'm like I always have the hope in there you know when I write I'm always digging deep like Lord where is the hope in this where is your truth where is the light where is the light at the end of the tunnel but for me a lot of my songs come from the questioning come from this the struggles and the pain um, and so, yeah, they always have a lot of minor chords, but I always try to bring in the majors just to kind of give that hope because they're, even in those times when I struggle to believe, I know deep down, I know that the good always wins, that there's a victory in Jesus. And so I always try to bring in the major, but yeah, minor chords, soft, lyrical, um, finger picking style that they kind of, I guess, falls under sort of the folksy style. I love answer. it. No, it's great. I love it. And I, I think we're kind of kindred spirits, just me on the piano <laughs> instead. And um, yeah, broken chords on the piano are my favorite too. And just, I, I try to play like hymn style, you know, like the actual cording and yes. that does not flow naturally. Um, so <laughs> I get teased about that a lot too, but you know, like you said, that's what, that's what you're feeling gifted and drawn to create. And I think there's, there's beauty in that and there's, there's purpose in that too. So um, yeah. And do you think it's good to stick with that? Um, You said you're kind of trying to almost write something new outside of that genre right now, but um, is it good as songwriters for us to kind of find our lane and stick with it a bit? Absolutely. Um, I think, I think it's important. I think that that can shift though, as long as, it's shifting with the growth you're experiencing personally. You know, it's like, as I've grown spiritually, as God has healed me of things, I'm now writing a little more, a little differently, perhaps. Maybe there are more major chords than minor chords, but I feel like that is reflective of what's going on inside. And so I think that, you know, artists, we can, we can definitely change it up and not be put in a box um, or put ourselves in a box of what we always write. I think it's good to give some interest. I think, especially when you think of um, playing a whole set, you know, I was really pushed to consider how to arrange a set because you can't just go and sing sad songs the whole time. There are people listening and audience, they need some dynamic. They need something with some strumming. So I pushed myself to do some strumming in there, something a bit more upbeat, throw in a cover that sort of displays a different dynamic of my vocal abilities. Um, And, you know, I think it's always it's always good to to collaborate co-write with people and on a genre that's different than yours you learn new things you pick up new things I think it helps you grow as a creative 
Um, there's a difference between staying in your lane and knowing what comes naturally and staying true to that versus stagnation. Mm. And writing because there's times where I've been like I keep writing the same chord progressions I need to learn something new I need to write with someone else I need to pick up something fresh because I'm feeling stagnant in what I'm writing you know that's different versus oh this is what I do this is what people expect from Amy I can keep doing that and it's going to change as I keep growing but it's still going to be true to, to me I think that's awesome I think that really um, I'm learning the power of co-writing right now. Um, actually, just later today, I'll be um, wrapping up a co-write with a new friend in Florida. So I'm all the way in Alaska, for those that don't remember <laughs> that. And it's just so fun that technology gives us the opportunity to reach out across the, a whole nation like that. The time zones are a little tricky for us, but um, we make it work. But the power of co-writing, and I, I, I do, I sometimes feel very stagnant and stuck in my, in my lane, my, my genre. And the minute we started working with each other, um, I could feel, I could feel even just a slight shift and to where I would have maybe wanted to keep a song a bit more mellow. She was like, no, let's build here. And now that I've been working with the song a little bit longer, I love it. And I'm, I'm so excited about what I've learned just in partnering with somebody like that. Um, it's, it is pretty, pretty powerful. The, yeah. Um, yeah. Collaborating. We're, we're good yeah. for each other, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of that, I know you love to mentor other mm-hmm. songwriters. Is that, um, can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like for you? Sure. Yeah. That's still um, something I'm sort of growing into as opportunity comes up. Um, when I was writing all those years and recording, I really didn't have a creative community at all. Um, that was part of what the shift to Memphis and music college was about, was kind of going back to basics on some hand, you know, learning to, to write a good chord chart, learning how to break my songs down into playable bits of eight bars, 12 bars, you know, taking my folksy style and giving it some constraints that are, that are playable with other people anyway but I got to be in a community of creatives that were at least a decade younger than me. Cause here I was just turned 30 at a music college with kids that are 18, 19, 20. Um, and I ended up actually being the cafe supervisor as part of my scholarship. They had a need for someone to run the cafe. And so I got to know these students and I got to be, they encouraged me. Oh my goodness. They encouraged me so much, but I got to mentor a little bit, encourage a little bit. And then as I learn more songwriting, I've been able to co-write and even not even co-write, but I love being able to be a listening ear to help identify maybe strengths they don't realize, encourage what I see and hear, but also to listen for in between the lines and be like, what are you really trying to say here? Okay, we're scraping the surface here, but I think there's something deeper. Let's ask another question. Let's ask that deeper question of what is it really that you're trying to say? What is the heart of what you're dancing around right now? Because I think that is when the lyrics really get powerful. That's when the song really grows. So I love being that listening ear for people. And through my songwriting program, I ended up actually going into a master's degree in creative leadership at the same college, um, which is wild. I'm in my last semester of a two-year program. And through this, I've gotten connected with a lady named Mandy Brooks. She runs something called um, Christian Creative Collective. It's out of California. It'll be relocating to Franklin, Tennessee this spring. Um, But I've gotten to help her launch an online 
creative zoom and that's actually how i got connected to you here andrea and to what you're a part of um so through that we do bi-weekly thursday night zooms and bring in guest speakers and encourage creatives and um through that build relationships so i just know that i wouldn't be where i am today if god hadn't put community around me people to call out the giftings i didn't even know to to give feedback to encourage and to even help with the artistry of it. Um, so it's something I'm really, really passionate about. Yeah, and I, I love that. I'll have to um, check out what what you and Mandy are doing. It sounds like a, it's just so helpful. I know we're, we're building a, a community of creatives through this podcast and through Theophany Media. Um, and it's been really fun to see people already come in and ask questions and engage with the other, uh, the other people that are jumping into the community. It's, it's so good. We're so good for each other. And, yeah. um, and I love what you said about being a listening ear. Um, yeah, I think if more of us had a listening ear, someone to encourage us forward in our giftedness, I don't, I think there'd be a lot more beautiful art in the world if we, if we had people to cheer us on. So yeah, good for you. Okay. Let's shift again. Let's shift into mm-hmm. our educate section. Um, yeah. You've mentioned university, um, you know, like learning how to write chord charts and yeah. get your genre, you know, your folksy style into um, eight bar, 12 bar. Uh, I hear you there. It's kind of hard <laughs> to almost like when, I, especially when I create anything instrumental, um, and I, and I get ready to play with another group, uh, trying to put it down on sheet music is always so painful. Cause I'm like, Oh, this doesn't really make much sense right here. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny, but how, you know, I know you've had some major pivots in your life. And, um, yeah. so what did you not know when you first got started in songwriting, even back, you know, Prince Edward Island, jump into the studio. What, what were some things that you really had to kind of learn, um, as you, as you discovered your songwriting? I had to find a way to make peace with the metronome. Um, Going back to my childhood, I'm grateful now. My parents put me in piano lessons, so that gave me a great musical foundation. Um, But even back then, I was a bit of a rebel child. I didn't want to do it. I didn't do it. So I did not make peace with the metronome back then. But if you're someone wanting to to record and and push yourself to do those different things learning and even not even recording but to get a good sense of rhythm for when you're performing that helps to keep your audience engaged so back even on prince edward island i had to start working on the metronome um working on those sorts of things um when it comes to recording though i was thinking about this and i don't know this is just the grace of god but i didn't even know what a scratch track was but i was making scratch tracks before i even knew what that was because i remember thinking if i want to do a better version of my vocals separate from the guitar i need to play guitar and vocals plug in my headphones listen back but only record the guitar and then do my vocals so i was doing scratch tracks before i knew that that was even a thing so that's just the grace of god in my curiosity and logical thinking um but yeah when i uh, i also didn't have much vocal training and it's kind of as a just side note is that i didn't know until i was like in my late 20s like 29 when i went to see a specialist i had a lot of jaw pain had been jaw pain all my life i had jaw surgery when i was like 18 19 um i was not breathing through my nose 
which means that I was not breathing with all of the muscles that you need to support your wind when you're breathing and singing all my life. So I've had to do a lot of learning with how to breathe when I sing. And so for those vocalists out there, breathing is so basic, but so important. And it really helps to open everything up, learning how to relax, learning those different techniques to really, um, really grow and capital and really just showcase the voice that you've been given because for so long I was fighting with my own voice so I've had to I've had some little bits of coaching here and there along the way for different things for breathing relaxing um, getting good tone those sorts of things so finding a vocal program those sorts of things um, not to get a new voice not to change your voice but to really um, shine to really let your own voice shine um, so that has been a big part of, of the journey. Um, yeah, so the chord charts, metronome, those sorts of things have been big parts of my, my journey. Very good. Do you remember what uh, vocal program, program it was that you jumped into? Sure. So the one I got introduced to was actually um, out of Nashville, but it's online. It's called Singing Success by Brett Manning. Um, I have done back in 2017, I did do a couple of, um, I did like one in-person one when I was in Nashville and then they do Zoom as well. Um, really well-renowned, effective. Um, he's also a believer, um, strong faith there. And um, he's actually done some demos and things at the Extreme Tour events. So there's a bit of a connection, but, and this is something that I, um, this is like kind of those, you know, you never stop learning and growing things. I have it on my phone now. And I don't do it regularly enough, but I have a 35 minute commute to work. So I, my goal is kind of moving forward to do some vocal exercises on the way to work, on the way home from work, just to keep it up, especially for anyone out there that's bivocational, that's working Monday to Friday and struggling to find that time to still keep up their vocal chops. Um, they've got a great program called the 360 program that you can download. You've got all these little bite-sized things of, of different practices that can help strengthen your, your vocal cords because it's a muscle. You've got to keep it working. You've got to keep it strong and it'll deliver for you when you need it to. That's really cool. And you said that it's, is, so is it just an app that they, they provide or like, an, they might have an app now. I don't know. That's one that I bought. Um, I just, it was a download. I downloaded back in 2017 or 2018 and it's all these little um, sound files. They're like 30 seconds of each one for there's the male and female vocals. There's, and there's like whole chapters of it. It's, it's really comprehensive, doable. You can just pick a couple, work on them. And so that's one of my goals going forward is to build that into my commute, just to kind of be practicing along, keeping the muscle strong. So I love it. part of that, or even big things like don't drink bubbly water before you go and perform. I didn't know there I was drinking Perrier, like, oh, refreshment. And someone's like, you shouldn't drink carbonated things before you sing. I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know. Don't drink cold water. I didn't know. Minimize your coffee, increase your hydration. I didn't know. <laughs> so you I love just, it. it's just, I just pick up, you know, you just kind of pick up things along the way, but again, community, people sharing what they know and handing it back to the next person. Yeah. Helping us through the, I didn't know. <laughs> I yeah, love that. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Great suggestion uh, for vocalists and, and probably anybody, like you said, it, it is a muscle. So anybody who's a speaker or uh, another podcast host, just anybody who uses their voice a lot. Um, right. Yeah. If you don't use it, you do lose it. Um, mm -hmm. I've gone through periods where I haven't sung much and it, oh man, it, you yeah. really do feel it. So great suggestions. Um, and balance 
with vocal rest. That was something I haven't practiced much since being back to work as a nurse, but I talk all day at work. I work in a busy unit. I'm admitting patients, discharging patients, talking all day. Um, that's something, again, that I have a goal of working in, even maybe a half day of vocal rest. I didn't, I'd never heard of that before. But you also taking a day of silence where you literally let the muscle rest and reset, it's huge. Instead of burning it out, trying to get ready for performance, you do a bit more for yourself just by taking even half a day of just not going to talk for a while, going to rest this muscle. So, Wow. I think my family would freak out if I didn't say anything for a <laughs> day. They'd be like, what's wrong with mom? So. <laughs> I could, yeah, I could really mess with them. No, that's good. That's really good. Uh, what, what are your suggestions for someone kind of looking to do a bit of like what you do to write, to share, um, and to kind of, you know, I, I hate to say to be discovered, but, um, to kind of get their, their work out there. Um, do you have any specific, uh, resources or websites? You mentioned some communities, um, any suggestions for people? Yeah. So I think when I look at my own story, again, everyone's a little different. It's going to be different based on where you're starting from. Um, I want to encourage if you're just starting out, you know, I had acoustic demos that, you know, would never hold up with what's on the radio or what's hot on Spotify, but it was something real. So write what's real for you. Stick to what's real for you or what you know, even if it's, if you make beats or you do different things, do what makes you happy, do what comes from that place of joy. Even if it's sad songs, but sad songs somehow bring me joy. So stick with that and stay true to that. Um, work with what you have. How can you make a polished recording just with where you're at? You know, use your garage band, but maybe get a, a simple US, mic to USB to record better sound, but it doesn't have to be much. Um, and then from that, I would say, get involved. You know, I, I'm now so much more um, proactive about it. But when I think back to it, God knew, God, and just trust the Lord. God knew I was shy. God knew I was insecure. God knew where I was at in my personal, spiritual, emotional journey. So he kind of gave me a big shove into Christian creative community. And I'm so grateful. Um, but you know, for example, come check out Facebook site for Christian creative collective. We're on Facebook or on Instagram, come join a Thursday night, come get involved, meet people. Um, it really networking is so big and you'll hear this. I hear this from people that are, um, you know, doing music full time and, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's not to be manipulative. It's not, what can you get from people? You know, it's, it's really just, um, get to know people, serve them. How can you serve them? How can you support them, encourage them, um, you know, comment on another musician's post on Instagram and give them encouragement. I had a, I got someone who um, I liked one of their posts or I followed them and they sent me a personal little memo of, Hey, thanks for following. We checked out your song too. You know, they're going that extra mile. Um, but really it's all about just meeting people because you don't know a co-write that you do that someone else is going to hear. They're like, Hey, who was on that? I want to know who that person is. So, and also start local, even though the, it's, things are locked down. Do you have a songwriting association in your area? Do you have a creative group? Are there Thursday night jams at a local studio or space? Um, and so if you're shy or introverted or insecure, that's okay. So was I, and I did it scared and 
socially awkward at times from my own perception. And, but if there's something in you that's driving you and you keep creating, you keep struggling with maybe, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm not good enough, but you keep doing it. It's because God's wired you to keep creating. So I just want to encourage you, get involved, start where you're at and just grow a little bit. Say, I want to do a little better and do a slightly more polished recording to share. Post it on SoundCloud, do a Facebook Live, do an Instagram Live, just get started with what you have. I love that. Do it scared. <laughs> Why not? I, I look back, like I'm doing this podcast with you. Like I would normally be beat red. I get hives when I'm nervous, shaking over here, but I can just see like, wow, God's really grown me. And it's through just getting out there, learning to be involved. And now, you know, say yes to opportunities, say yes opportunities get come up to be involved in something just say yes um and see where it goes you never know I love that yeah and I think that's really it's good advice too to not because I think we can tend to be a little disappointed sometimes if certain things and we may have our own idea of what a successful creative career might look like and um, as Christians, we really need to lean into that truth that God knows. And he, he's writing each of our journeys in a way that we can't understand. And, mm-hmm. and I love how you talk about leaning into locally, you know, starting with your, the people just around you. And I, I have a tendency to say yes to every opportunity. And that may be my True. demise sometimes. <laughs> But it's true. It's amazing. You know, if I just stay open-minded and I'm sure you felt the same thing, staying open-minded and just walking forward in doors that God opens. Um, Yeah. yeah, It's really powerful. And you know, it's his plan then and what's better than his plan. (laughs) So I love it. Like a exhibit a, like this, again, this podcast and getting to share with you um, this came up because one of the, your team members came, saw the ad for the Christian creative gathering called the circle, the circle gathering. And he was our first, like, um, first person to come join one of those Thursday night meets that was not invited by us. He was our first person to see and be like, Hey, I'm going to go. And we were like, this is so great. But then he shared about this. And then he shared about how there's the podcast and here's the, here's the contact if you want to be featured. So if I didn't have that confidence to say, I want to share about what God's doing, this wouldn't be happening right now. So also learning to own and be like, you know what? I'm an artist. I create not based on what the world's definition is, but because I just do. And so I'm qualified. I'm qualified to talk about what I'm doing. Even if I don't have hundred thousand followers, even if I don't have anything on the radio, um, I really, I really just kind of want to just touch on what you were saying because it's so true, especially where it ties into my nursing. You know, I've been able to, I've been able to sing for patients in a hospital. And that is the kind of thing that never gets followers. It doesn't get on the news. It doesn't give me any awards, but that is like the best place for me to ever be. And the most rewarding thing is to see a patient there connecting with the Lord through something that I get to minister to them without any background tracks, without a band. So I just want to say that there are so many other ways to be doing what you're doing. And so be open-minded about how God might want to use your unique gift because mainstream success, he might bless them with that and give people a big platform, 
but it like it's not just a you know belittling thing to say oh it's still successful if you do that if you play for patients in a hospital I genuinely believe that that is you using your gifts successfully for the kingdom so play for kids in a library go to old folks homes go play around use your gift and like literally just find that thing that makes you come alive and and keep pursuing what God's wired you to do. Amen. Oh, it's good. And that was a little divergent that you kind of, you were leading me to there. I gotta, gotta confirm that because I, and I remind myself of it too, because I'm human, because I look at my Spotify and I'm like, huh, no one really cares. Or I look at my YouTube and I'm like, well, that's not like that person's, but I do, it's coming back to the truth, to the truth and, and just, okay, Lord, this is your thing help me be obedient and say yes to what I need to say yes to no to what I need to say no to and just trust his timing um, for everything. That's perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you are a nurse uh, Mm -hmm. and probably in the past year, it's been a pretty full-time gig for you. You've probably been Mm -hmm. pretty busy. Thank you for serving in that industry (laughs) this past year. And uh, what is it? I think anybody, you know, most creatives, that's not our full-time gig. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your best tip for those that have to try to find a good balance to um, their everyday job, but they also want to still be productive in their creativity? What is, sure. what does that look like for you? So I'm blessed right now um, to be living with my parents since I moved back to Canada. Um, from Tennessee. Um, when I first moved in, it did not feel like a blessing because I was like, I thought I was supposed to be in Tennessee and I'm 32 years old. I should be independent. Anyway, God's worked on my heart and I'm now so grateful. Um, so I'm not paying any rent. So I'm in a unique position where I can work four days a week and have Tuesdays off, um, a to work on my master's and my homework. And cause now is crunch time, but also like, I, I just had a chance to go start the tracking for a song at a studio just down the road before I came to talk to you today. So, you know, and it was interesting because in back in November, I did full-time Monday to Friday and I was like burnt out. And I felt like God was like, I'm asking you to surrender one day a week of pay to dedicate to what I know, what you know, you need to be working on. Um, and fortunately with my job, we do, um, like on call hours. So there's a couple times a month where I have to work weekends and it balances out anyway. So my situation's probably a little unique where I have a bit of flexibility right now. Um, but in that, you know, it, it does take some determination. It does take carving out maybe a physical space, especially if you're a parent, you're busy. Can you say, Hey, this little corner of this area this is my, this is my creative space. That's where you can put your post-it notes of your goals, setting little goals of, I want to work on one song this month and setting a little timeline. I think that really being intentional is so important or else time just passes. And that's how I used to be. I just put on the Netflix in between my night shifts and I didn't do that much. I just created when I felt like it. Um, so, and so you need to be able to set apart some time. That's like those creative moments. But I also think using maybe your evenings to do maybe half an hour of planning for social media, if you're someone that's sharing or doing a little bit of that, you know, working on a logo for something, do it a little bit every day if you can't dedicate a whole time to it. But um, setting small goals, taking time to think about what you want to accomplish or what you're feeling led to work on and schedule it in. 
you have to get a calendar, write it down and um, give yourself maybe for if you're visual like me, my phone's not enough. I need to have a whiteboard that says set it aside. So, so those are things that I've been doing of um, needing to be intentional and it's, it's hard sometimes, but um, intentionality really goes a long way with this and um, using the time. Well, you know, there's a verse in, in the new Testament that always convicts me and it's about, you know, be, be wise with the time, use your time well. And I haven't always, so that's something I'm working on right now. Yeah, that's really helpful because I think um, and, and, you know, for those that don't have big chunks of time, that's a good reminder. Just, just even bite off little bits at a time. Um, it doesn't have to be a full day, uh, uh, like a five hour chunk of time, uh, to create something, uh, we can do a little bit at a time too. And setting goals. I think that's, yeah, that's another critical thing. And, um, I was one of my other conversations, <clears throat> excuse me, with my friend, Amanda Bacon, who we had on, um, I think her, yeah, anyway, uh, she was already on, uh, but she talked about, um, how as creatives, we are kind of our own bosses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, we don't necessarily have, um, deadlines, you know, and somebody holding us to them. So, uh, holding ourselves to our goals, it can be kind of a tricky thing to navigate and, um, do you, do you feel like you partner with people like, like Mandy, uh, and kind of let her know what you're doing and what's coming up and kind of almost holds you accountable a little bit if you're not showing up and doing Absolutely. the work? Yeah. So with Mandy, um, she's the director of that. I don't have a job title yet. I'm going to have to come up with that, but I'm kind of the second in command. So, um, we do, it's, it's so, I'm so grateful for teamwork. I'm so grateful for that. So with the circle gathering, that's definitely an accountability thing where we check in with each other. Hey, how's it going with prepping this, that? Um, but another thing, oh, this is something to kind of go back to is um, there's all sorts of creative, especially Christian creative things going on. So search on Instagram, search on Facebook, find groups that are out there. I did a songwriter retreat virtually in the beginning of January through something called artist.and that I followed on Instagram. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to invest some money I don't have, I can't invest tons, but I can, where can I wisely invest some money into this because it's worth the investment. So through that songwriting retreat that we did, I got connected with a girl who is actually in Qatar. She's from Kenya, living in Qatar. And so we now are each other's accountability. So we're actually overdue for another Tuesday meetup where we're going to, we're going to keep regularly checking in. How's it going? What are you working on? Are you doing that thing that you said you wanted to accomplish? You know, there's always grace mixed in there. Um, but yeah, accountability. If you can have one or two people that are able to be that person to be like, hey, how's music going? And you're like, oh, do we have to talk about that? I really fell off the wagon or whatever. Um, but to have people, I think, you know, God is, God knows what we need. And he knows that I, I need, yeah, those people to, uh, to keep me accountable. That's amazing. Canada and Qatar right? Like God's so creative. So cool. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, as we kind of head toward the end of our show, mm-hmm. we love to kind of leave people with, um, a bunch of encouragement. We, we call it our empower section. Um, I love this question. What, what impact do you hope your work will have on the mm-hmm. kingdom of God? 
something that has been spoken over over the thing that I do um, is the word healing. And it's something that I, again, like, like I said, having a community, but having people that can see something that you can't even, that you don't even know, you know, um, I had once someone said, you don't even know what you're even having to work with. Like, do you don't even realize what you have? And I was like, no, I don't. I'm just doing this thing, but you know, having those people. So my hope and my prayer is that my music will help be a vessel, a tool for God to touch hearts, you know, reach in and heal those broken places through my own pain and the way that God's given me these songs to sing. So healing hearts and helping people connect to God, um, whether in the church or outside of the church, that's, that's really what I hope to bring. Healing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you're going to share a song with us today. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about the song that you're going to share? Sure. So this is a song. Um, it does include a little bit of strumming. So this is the one that pushes me to, to do a little better. Um, but this one, it's called You Are Not Alone. And I wrote it about three to three or four years ago when a few different friends in different areas of my life were each going through some really tough times that I didn't have answers for. That as a Christian, I really wanted to be able to give a, a verse or give a solution or say, God's got you. But I really hadn't, I was like, I got nothing. This is just really hard. You know, one was going through infertility in her marriage. Another one was having really, um, you know, tough mental health times. Another one was having family loss. And I'm like, I don't have answers for this, but I'm here. And I just realized in that time, writing that song, that's what I had received through my own struggles with depression, with my own insecurities. Sometimes it was just a matter of someone sitting with me in it, someone with me just pushing back when everything felt heavy and having that extra hand coming alongside. So I wrote it back then. And just after the songwriters retreat, um, I'd been for months asked, looking through my songs, things I'd never recorded, trying to feel like I need to be creating something, doing a new single. It's been a while. And this, so I woke up one morning and I thought of this song and I just, I felt like God was like, it's time. It's time for this song right now. You're not too late. Like you could have recorded it three years ago, but you didn't because it's needed now because of the way things are going and how difficult times are. Rates of suicide and depression and mental health are skyrocketing because of everything going on. But God is with us. He is with us. And so this is a song that I'm working on recording now. You're going to get the acoustic version. Um, I've never really done proper kind of merch things, but I, it's my hope to do some t-shirts that say you are not alone, do some stickers and just, and um, I am part of something called artists and Christian testimony. Um, and it's, it provides nonprofit status for creatives of all kinds. So I have nonprofit status um, to raise funds, to cover doing this, not for my own profit. So that's my hope is to, to do this as a, as a nonprofit uh, ministry. Fantastic. All right. Well, let's listen. If the dark falls heavy or arrives unannounced, I'll be there to help you push, push it back. If those lies pierce through 
or your defense feels weak, I'll come along and speak to you the truth. No, I don't have the answers. I can't tell you why you're walking through your own pine wilderness. One thing I know for sure, this I know to be true. You are not alone. And in a barren land, perhaps you're losing hope. I'll remind you just how far you have come. No, I don't have the answers. I can't tell you why you're walking through your own pine wilderness. One thing I know for sure. This I know to be true, you are not alone. There will come a time I will let you down, but there is one reaching hand that will never let you go. So take a hold, take a hold. He'll never let you go. No, I don't have the answers. I can't tell you why you're walking through your own kind wilderness. One thing I know for sure, this I know to be true. You are not alone. You are not alone. Yay, bravo. <laughs> oh, I love that one. I'm so Thanks. excited you're capturing that in the studio right now. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you. And I, I agree. Such a good message for um yeah, what we're walking through as a world right now. Very good. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for having me, Andrea. Yeah. And how can our listeners connect with you, Amy? Sure. Yeah. So I do have a website. It's just my full name, um, Amy Lynn Housen. That's A-M-Y-L-Y-N-N Housen, which is H-O-W-S-O-N.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, the same name, Amy Lynn Housen on Instagram, Facebook, um, yeah, I'm on YouTube as well. That's the same name all across those platforms. Please, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. If there's anything I can give you a tip on or point and resources, um, I'm all about connecting people to what they need to keep moving forward or um, how I can encourage you. So please, please, please. I love, I love connecting with people all over the world along creative lines. Fantastic. And we'll, we'll put uh, your links in our show notes um, too, so that people can connect through um, that. Um, and, you know, yeah, we're going to look forward to uh, that song coming out. And it, it, would you say that's kind of your next big thing coming out in your space right now? Exactly. Yeah. So um, the next few weeks we'll be, um, we'll be working on it in the studio. And once it's already um, working on a release, that's another thing that I've, I've been 
pushed to, I, I really struggled with, um, as a Christian, how to navigate doing the merch, doing all the things, you know, it feels like it's self-promotion, but that's where this song feels like the right time for me to use the system that's in place because I really, it's something I believe needs to get out there. It's something I can share with confidence and um, I'm excited to pull in and share other people's stories and um, have a whole kind of game plan of how to do this on Instagram and use the system that's there, but in a way that um, is helping to build people up. So it's, it's going to be my first kind of real official release with merch and stories and videos. And um, I'm excited to really get, get, um, get going with that. Very cool. Well, we, yeah, we look forward to that and we'll have to follow along. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, I would love to just close out by uh, praying for you oh, and you. what you're doing. And yes, yeah, so let's just go to God. <laughs> well, Father God, thank you for this time to have this conversation with Amy Lynn and uh, thank you for her heart um, for other creatives and Lord, thank you for drawing her into her songwriting. It is it is such a blessing for us to have her songs, um, her healing music um, as part of the art in this world. And we just thank you for drawing her in um, through the journey that you, you brought her on, Lord. It, it's such an amazing story of um, just how you drew her in, how you called her into what she's doing. And we pray for uh, Amy Lynn as she continues to uh, pursue the things that you want her to say yes to and um, help her to walk forward in confidence and in um, in an understanding that you are doing something bigger than she can even imagine. And uh, thank you for ho- her obedience, her example of obedience, Lord, and uh, building community around uh, artistry and um her heart for being a good listener and a cheerleader for others. Lord, we just, we're thankful for people like Amy Lynn and go before her Lord bless um, her efforts as she records this song and shares it with those whose hearts truly do need to hear it, um, to hear the truth um, of your love and your ever present character. Lord, um, May we be reminded of that today as we seek to walk forward in um, the journey ahead. It can often look um, hard and just help stuff like Amy's music and um, our other, just our communities of being creative Christians together. Lord, may we empower each other. May we encourage each other and Um, I just thank you so much for what Amy's doing. And um, again, so thankful for this conversation today and the blessing that it was to my own heart. And I know the blessing that it will be to those that tune in. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you. And I always love to end uh, with just tossing it right back to you. What, what do you think? And this is maybe a little prophetic, but what do you believe God really wants his creative people to know and understand? I think, um, I think he wants them to know that it's not, it's not just about achieving things and using up his gift. 
using up this gift he's given us. It's yes, we are to give our all and do things well, but he first and foremost desires us spending time with him, doing this journey with him, partnering if, with him in what we're doing and not just um, falling for the trap of striving and trying to end up empty at the end of the life and know we've done everything, but if we've done it up to earn God's approval rather than with God in partnership with him, in his presence, because we love him. I think that's what it is. This, this gift is to draw us closer to him. And um, in that it ends up pouring out for other people. Amen. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Amy Lynn. It was so good to talk to you today and yeah, check out the show notes, everyone get connected with her. And until next time, this is Andrea Sandifer with Creatively Christian. We'll see you later. Thank you so much for listening today. To see the show notes where we put resources mentioned in this episode, you can head over to theophanymedia.com forward slash Amy Lynn. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. To join our paid membership, the Creatively Christian Club, which includes exclusive content, networking events, and masterminds with expert creatives, just go to club.theophanymedia.com. Have a blessed day and keep on creating for our Lord.